0: This episode of Pet Resource Radio is brought to you by La Mega KC, Kansas City's Spanish radio station and Hot 103 Jams, KPRS, Kansas City's number one station for hip-hop and R&B.
1: We're talking with Alice Del Bosque from Angel Hearts about helping the homeless care for their pets on this episode of Pet Resource Radio. From the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, I'm Sierra Howe.
0: And I'm Dave Shapiro. And yes, indeed, welcome to the program. We're coming to you from the room we call the Fishbowl here at the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. Uh, We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through supportive services for folks who are in need.
1: How are you today?
0: I'm doing okay. Okay
1: just okay well
0: i made the mistake that you made last episode (laughs) and ate some of these awesome hot chips that my mom sent me from indiana because you can't get them here
1: which are very good by the way
0: um and so um i ate those before we recorded so um a little spicy
1: (laughs) my coffee is really sweet today so we'll also see how that goes well, (laughs)
0: we'll survive our various eating and drinking problems um how about we go do some pet news
1: let's do it First up, some wonderful news from our neighbors in Overland Park, Kansas. The city council recently voted unanimously to end their pit bull ban after 14 years. This puts the city in good company as six other cities in our area have repealed their own bans in the past five years. We've talked about BSL or breed-specific legislation before on the podcast. These breed bans are intended to benefit the community, but they actually make things worse for many folks. One, it increases the number of pit bulls in the shelter because they can't be adopted out. And two, it makes folks who do own the banned breed keep them hidden, meaning they're less likely to see a vet and they don't get as much socialization because... Well, they're not supposed to be there, so this is a great thing for Overland Park. Pit bulls are no danger and are, in truth, some of the sweetest dogs we see here at our clinic.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt in my mind that there's so many. We see so many pit bulls, and they're also sweet. Little hippos, little tails going. Um, This is great.
1: I'm super excited about
0: it, and I hope hope that it's really a domino effect. You know, when we had Lee Greenwood on uh, to talk about BSL. He actually I remember him talking about that how it's you one place goes and then another place goes and another and another and so hopefully that's what's happening here
1: I know we need it so bad I was talking to Dave a little bit about my cousin she's in a pickle with her pit bulls in blue springs so I pray 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 or hope 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 that either they can go back home or they are able to get adopted out to a different family right yeah
0: yeah, it's it's difficult. These these breed bands just. Uh, yeah, it's a big it's a it's a big problem.
1: And it hit ho- it hits home for us because we love every pet that comes through our doors. Yeah, and we don't like to see
0: that kind of prejudice against a, exactly. a specific breed.
1: So this is the news that we love to talk about.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Next up, one of the most common parasites in companion animals is evolving, and not in a cool Pokemon kind of way. A new study out of the University of Georgia is showing that hookworms are becoming treatment-resistant, with no FDA-approved medicines working on them. That's bad news for everybody. The study looked at former racing greyhounds. The sandy ground of dog racetracks is an ideal breeding ground for hookworms. In fact, the dogs are dewormed every three to four weeks. In situations where lots of dogs are infected with parasites, like racing kennels and dog breeding farms, it's, it's much more likely for a parasite to mutate. In addition, doctors don't generally recheck the, an animal afterwards to see that they're clear. So, as mutated hookworms survive treatment, they're then able to reproduce and spread that mutation into the general population. So, as dogs from breeding farms, as well as retired or rescue racing greyhounds, get into homes, they spread those treatment resistant hookworms around. And now we have ourselves a problem.
1: This is scary.
0: Yeah, it's pretty scary. I, I sent it to Dr. Andelson because I was, you know, this study just came out. So. Mm-hmm. I'm like, have you seen this yet? This is something that we should be thinking about. I mean, it's not obviously, you know, at this point, we're still dealing with those specific types of situations that are, are creating that. But it is definitely going to happen and and spread. It's a scary thing. So so but, you know, we'll just have to develop new medicines to to deal with exactly. it. So I'll tell you what. How about we go talk to Alice from Angel Hearts? All right. We're all about keeping pets and people together, so it's no surprise that we're fans of our next guest. Her work as the founder of Angel Hearts Rescue is an important part of the safety net for homeless people in our community who have pets, providing them with resources, helping them get their pets fixed and vaccinated, and really just lending a helping hand wherever it's needed. Alice Del Bosque, welcome to Pet Resource Radio. Thank you. All right. So we do want to talk about your rescue work. But first, let's let let's talk about your, your background. You, you spend a lot of time doing this, but you have a day job, right?
2: I do have a day job. I work for a CPA. I've always done accounting, love it, okay. um, and uh, work for a CPA who has, we have so many clients and uh, tax season is just crazy busy or working wow. late hours at all the time during the tax season. So that's kind of our busy time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have regular clients that are daily that, keep us very busy. Like one of our clients is the biggest one is Minsky's. Oh wow. Uh, Minsky's pizza. Awesome. Awesome people. Yeah. Uh, We're a small office, but I love it. I love what I do. I feel like to me, it's kind of a break away from the things that you see and do with rescue.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. When did you
2: first get involved working with animals? I think what started it was with my little brother got cancer. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was always working single mom was focusing just on raising my daughter and, and working lots and lots of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he got cancer, he started to see that eating meat wasn't good mm. and wanting to figure out how to, cause he got cancer back to back. Um, so, trying to figure out what to do to build up his system. right. Um, and so my mother started cooking like vegetarian, made foods for him that were not of meat. Mm-hmm. And so I guess from then on, I started becoming vegetarian and then questioning where a meat was coming from mm-hmm. and what the process of how these animals were being slaughtered and stuff. So I then joined a, a group called PAR was People for Animal Rights. And they were just an educational type of group that would mm-hmm. go out and talk to people and just educate. There were very smart people in this group. I mean, right. it wasn't more physical, it was more education. So that kind of got me in that question of what to do. And then I think the basic thing of starting with a shelter was animal. Haven Mm -hmm. and my daughter, I just wanted her to start giving back because I felt like she started to be uh, a little spoiled (laughs) thinking that she deserved things. And she went to a Catholic school and everybody had nice things and she, you know, wanted this and that. And I just felt like we needed to start giving back. So then started cleaning kennels and walking dogs so she was young when we did that. Yeah. And then I think from then on, I started seeing that dogs needed to get pulled. And they were, back then, euthanasia was very high. Right, right. Uh, so I would foster, you know, a dog here and there. And then, then I started working with Michelle uh, Merviera. She was a manager at Country Kennels. Right. And so I was boarding a dog there, and then somehow I just started taking out the other dogs that were there for adoption because then after five, nobody was there, and she let me stay. And um, then I started rotating dogs and cleaning their kennels and did that for a while Mm -hmm. and then decided that I was going to try to get my own – no, I decided that I was going to try to – um, go into groups with others that were friends and stuff. But then I still saw that I wanted to focus on any dog and cat that need, or any dogs that needed to get out from the shelter from KCMO. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of times people would focus on the ones that were more adoptable. Right, and to right. me, it was just like some of these sad looking older ones mm-hmm. or not attractive or had issues. I wanted to take to get them into homes too. Right. So that's how it kind of all started.
0: And then how did you transition into working with the homeless and helping their pets?
2: I think because as doing individual rescue, I saw so many bad things. Um, I think the last one was where this dog uh, was, we were, we had our missing, that was missing. Um, Somebody called, we put a reward out. Somebody called and said they found our dog and it was on the railroad tracks. And of course it was. It was a sad situation and I think it that finally broke me and then I took a break and decided why I was on doing a break from this that I saw homeless people and I wanted to know what was being done for them and their dogs. Right. When I see them, you know, traveling and stuff. And so I looked up what organizations that were in Kansas or Missouri and I found Uplift. So then I started volunteering with them for a couple of years and um, saw that they only had a small pet program. And so they had like maybe some dog food, some cat food that would last just a week, and that would be it. Right. Um, and so when one of the women who ran the pet program, she retired. Um, I decided to do more with it because of the connections that I already developed that I had, networking, and took it further because of what I saw when I went with them out on the trucks. The dogs were were being fed people food because they didn't have dog or cat food. Right, They didn't have collars or leashes. So they were pulling whatever they found in dumpsters like cords and, and ropes and making them into collars and leashes. And, and that was awful because it, there was no give for those, for these collars or right. these leashes.
0: Definitely seen that before.
2: Yeah. So that's kind of where we just start. I just decided in 2013 that we were going to create a group but it created it all by itself the need was there that someone needed to do something
0: right do a lot of homeless people own pets
2: they find them as strays or someone gives them puppies Mm -hmm. or gives them kittens that um, usually the kittens are just because they've been dumped cats right a lot of it strays you know Mm -hmm. a lot of them and there's a few that have been out on the street because they've lost their home and living out of the car. And then the car doesn't work. And then now they're on the, they're living in a camp. Right. There's very few of those. But those people really try hard to get themselves out of that situation and back into a home again. You know, getting help from other organizations. And we don't focus on that because we're so overwhelmed on trying to help them with their dogs and cats. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, what, what is it that they're most in need of for their pets?
2: Um, basically, the vet care. Mm-hmm. And dog and cat food.
0: Okay. Um, how often do you go out, and how many people would you say you're working with at any given time? And let's say you're at a camp.
2: I used to just be able to go out on the weekends mm-hmm. with um, a few people that um, that could help. Um, but now it's it's all the time. It's like even at the drop of a hat, I'm racing from work to get there before it gets dark. Right. So it can be. It could be anywhere from five to six days out of the week. Wow. So it's really it's really hard in the need and just focusing on ones that are lost and you have to keep going. The thing is that some of them don't have phones, so you have to keep going back to the camp until you catch them.
0: Right. What keeps you going? Um, it's not easy work. I know. I, I've yeah. seen some of it, um, and especially when it's on top of you already having a, a full-time job.
2: Yeah. I think it's the compassion, the compassion for the animals that I have. Mm -hmm. It's just really pretty deep. um, And it's, it's sad because you know that they are helpless and they need a voice. And you're wanting to help these people that you see that don't get it or don't know or understand that you want to try to educate them. Right. So I... Try not to change the person. I'm just trying to educate them how to be better on taking care of their cats and dogs.
0: Definitely understand that for sure, because that's part of where we our thing is always you meet people where they are, yeah, and, and that's that's really all you can do. Um, so, do you work with other organizations to create you know a better safety net for for the homeless people altogether, or are you primarily working with just pet organizations like us?
2: I. Th- started by doing it on my own, because I used to do the, um, when I had my license, I did it on my own. Mm-hmm. I used my own money. And here with this, having a 501c3, we are able to ask for donations through Facebook or Instagram. right um, Pet Resource has been, when it was spay-neuter, you know, how we started way, way back with them. So mm-hmm. it's been a long time since I've been with you guys helping us yeah um, as an individual rescuer and now as Angel Hearts Um I think that people are more aware of who we are now Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe because my daughter has put out so much of what we're doing and the help that we need i feel like she's the one who's really put us out there she really
0: does a good job she does
2: she does and and so people are wanting to be a part of it i i'm also trying to get people that like other groups and say well we saw this person that's homeless with this dog and i'm like well you are there with that person? Let me tell you what you need to do. Ask more information. You know, do they have? Do they need help with food? Do they need uh, vaccinations? Is their dog sick? You know, do you have a phone that we can call you and get a hold of you? Right. And so that's what we are trying to do is educate other groups besides us. But yeah, there's. I feel like we have more people helping us this year than we ever had.
0: Mm. Well, that's good because. Yeah. Um, the next, my next question. I already know the answer to this. Is how how have things changed since the onset of the pandemic?
2: It's worse. It's a lot worse. Yeah. I've never seen it so bad in, in my life. And it, I feel like all we're doing is chasing the situations and and the camps. And there's so many camps that I even know about. And and with uplift, I always used to try to follow. Some of the um, trucks, but I would get overwhelmed with just one truck and one night yeah. and all the list of people that need help. And it's like, you know, with just me doing it, it takes me months to get through with one camp. Right. So.
0: Yeah, I, I was out last week. It, it took it out of me. Definitely. Um, it was very overwhelming because um, I had not been to a camp before. So um, it was an experience. And especially the camp that we went to was, yes, a little it was bit.
2: one of the probably not so good camps. Yeah,
0: it's not not a great camp, um, but there are pets there that need help. Yeah, So that's what we do. Um, if people want to contact you or donate, what's the best way to do that? And also, what are you most in need of?
2: Our website is angelheartsrescue.org. And it has a donate button if you want to donate and anything to help with the vet care. All of it goes back to the animals. There's nothing, there's nobody gets paid or um, you can also just go directly to paying Our Vets, which is Pet Resource Clinic and then um, the center and then also Mission Animal Clinic. We do that on Saturdays. Saturdays I always pick up. Dogs that are sick or dogs that we ride away are puppies and we want to get them quickly shots and get them microchipped right away. Because sometimes we never know. Um, We can't wait until it's time to get them spayed and come here and get everything done. We have to grab them when we see them. Right. Um, Because we never know that that dog may be contaminated or get parvoed. Because it's been, you know, traveled with that person to areas where there's, you know, other parvos uh, in that area that's been found.
0: Right. Or, yeah. Just even in the soil, you go to a place where, yeah, if yeah. you're going to be outside a lot. You're going to encounter that.
2: Exactly. Okay. But So we, you can go there to angelheartsrescue.org or you can always email us at angelheartsrescue at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and definitely what we need is the biggest thing is the cat food because we go through so much of it with Uplift. I mean, the food that we get from Angel Hearts goes straight to Uplift because the need is so great. And they're out on the street, so they help us by taking that food out for us, the dog and cat food. But dog food, we've been really good on. It's the cat food we can't keep up with, the dry cat food only.
0: Okay. Well, you heard the lady. She needs cat food. Let's make it happen. Um, definitely go check out their website. Check out their social media presence because – they do a lot of awesome stuff. Um, and um, we can't, we couldn't do the work that we do um, with homeless people without your organization. So thank you. We really appreciate you. And I definitely appreciate you being on the show today.
2: And we appreciate everything you guys have done from the beginning of me just doing individual rescue. I just, I would just be in total debt
1: <laughs> and uh,
2: probably. Uh, overwhelmed and i just felt like yes i have been overwhelmed but now it's just like a breath of fresh air now that you guys are just clinging on to us and we're going to be you know networking like crazy and and partners and networking with other organizations like uplift and now that you guys are hooked up with them it's it's just so much better
0: i'm so excited
1: about it Brown boys, chunky boys, or girls, chupsters, chunksters, pudge monsters, these are just a few of the slang terms we use to talk about some big old pets. But data from the Association of Pet Obesity Prevention says that obesity in pets is an epidemic that's affecting over half of the pets in the United States, and that number is growing.
0: Obesity can lead to a number of problems that will affect your pet for the rest of their life, specifically type 2 diabetes and osteoarthritis. These are diagnoses that mean a serious change of lifestyle and cause needless pain for your pet. Also, let me tell you how fun it is to give a cat an insulin shot. It isn't.
1: Talk to your vet about your pet's weight, look back and see how their weight compares to what it used to be. You can even do what's called the rib test, which is where you run your hands slowly along their side. You should be able to just feel their ribs under a thin layer of skin. Any more than that, talk to your vet. Just like a lot of other changes, weight gain can happen slowly over time. You may not notice that they aren't as active as they used to be, but once they lose a little bit of weight, they tend to go right back to acting like a kitten or puppy. It's heartbreaking to realize that your pet wasn't doing the things they love because their weight gain hasn't made it fun for them anymore.
0: So what can you do to prevent this? It starts with diet. Most pet food feeding guides are based on adult, unfixed pets that are active, so it's actually way easier to overfeed than you might think. Talk to your vet about how many calories your pet should be getting based on their history and lifestyle, or find a food guide online to help you formulate what your pet actually needs. That way, no matter what you're feeding, you're able to work out how much to give them based on caloric intake.
1: Second is exercise, which goes hand-in-hand with diet. A healthy pet will have lean muscle mass and, obviously, less fat on their body. That's when they'll be at their most active and engaged. Exercise helps with both of those things. Most recommendations we've seen are dogs getting at least 30 minutes of physical activity, and cats should try and get three five-minute intensive play sessions, which sounds more dangerous than it is. Different pets are going to like different things. You just have to find out what works for you and your pet. Now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks again to Alice Del Bosque from Angel Hearts Rescue for coming on the show today. If you want to support her work in the community, head on over to angelheartsrescue.org.
0: As for us, we're a nonprofit trying to keep pets and people together, and you can help. Just head on over to prckc.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our online store, and more. And don't forget that all donations are being matched through October 15th, so your donation has twice as much impact.
1: If you're listening to this on your favorite podcasting app, rate us and leave us a review. That always helps folks find us. And for the latest information, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're at PRR Podcasts on both platforms.
0: So until next time, tailwags and purrs to you and yours. And as the late, great Ursula Le Guin wrote, it does not occur to a cat that any other being has any right, other than might, to its obedience, which is offered only out of immediate self-interest or personal affection. Cats are intensely opportunistic, practical anarchists. Take care. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, produced and hosted by Sierra Howe and myself, Dave Shapiro, written, recorded, and mixed and edited by Dave Shapiro. Music by Hazel Raw Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash musical industries.